said she twerking. Twerk. I'm trying to get in. Twerk. She said she taking. Twerk. I want that nothing, but she be stunting. Twerk. Twerking. Twerk. She said she twerking. Twerk. Twerking. What's going on? Woo, baby, we are here. Season five. That's right. I said it. Season five. I know my creators. It took us a long time to get to season five. Episode 100. Shout out to Ava Topin, one of the dopeness, dopeness, young, inspiring rock and roll stars. I interviewed off from my Groover. You know, shout out to Groover. If you wanted me to review your music, go to Groover.co and get have me review your music. Nonetheless, I am here on episode one. One of cuts, you know what the cuts stand for culture, urban technology, and sports. Now, my careers, I'm not gonna lie to you, I am surprised of this talent that I have here in the building. Well, not in the building, well, remotely, right? (laughs) Yo, nonetheless, man, hit me up on IG. First time I'm knowing this young man, but no, his his resume of whom he's worked with. Oh man, I'm gonna read it off Maroon 5, the Kalamazoo Symphony. Bando Pop, Stacy Brath, Jal Marcos, uh, Ace, Ace B King, Hit Boy. God, you know how Hit Boy been doing it out here. Mark Battles and much more. I got Joe Lewis, music producer, engineer, artist in the building. What's good, my guy? How you doing? Nah, hey, listen, hey, no, nah, hey, listen, my guy. We're not good to listen. Listen, after I just read that resume, you are not. Are you, are you want me to get hyped? How, how you doing, man? Let me sure, get hyped sure, with you. Sure, sure. You gas right. me up real quick. That's what I'm talking hey, about. Let me get hyped with you, man. You did gas me up. Made me sound real good. Nah, I man. Ain't it. no gas up, man. This is, yo, dude, Nami, a Grammy nominated. Yo, dude, come on. There's no gas up with that. This is what my creatives need for this fucking season five. Uh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, there's no other way but to go up, you know, with cuts, you know, culture, urban technology, sports. No, no, how you doing, sir? What's going on, man? I'm doing well. I can, uh, honestly, I can never complain. You know, I, I get to do what I love. Right. I a lot. I work with a lot of cool people. Um, always learning. So I, I think it's always kind of goofy to have a bad day when I get to do what I love, man. You know, there's a saying, if you do what you like, you never work a day in your life. Or some, something like that, you know. Right. So, uh, it, it's not going to serve me too good to complain. So I'm always doing good. Yeah, man, that's what's up, man. I'm really glad you're touching on that because, you know, here with Cuts, we always do our best to really, you know, emphasize that to our our creatives, you know what I'm saying, that are coming into this creative space and wanting to really expand on their creativity and everything like that. And I feel definitely within what happened within the last two years, it made people really realize like, yo, all right, hold on. It's not just about the creativity. It's about 
just living in general. And, you know, definitely with you, from what you just stated off that, you know, I'm definitely glad you touched on that. I want to touch with you on what's your emphasis about music production in a totality, in a sense. Because on one hand, and me as an A&R, you know, this is things that I have to know, you know, when I scout the talent, because, you know, that comes to play in the decision that I make, and as well as my partner, shout out with DJ Chase, from World Rock Sound Records, you know, on what we make. What, what do you feel would help the industry more? And what do you feel could be decreased out of the industry more? Take us into that. Um, I think total transparency and honesty could be increased more. And I think that the lies should be decreased. And of course, not, not even just the lies that, you know, everybody talks about the music industry being wicked and everybody gets down and there's a lot of liars and schemers. Um, and that's general. So I'm not going to talk about that, but I think a lot of people aren't honest with themselves and a lot of people need to be, they're lying to themselves. You know, I think that people have to be realistic about who they are, who they're going to be, who they are to music, who they are to their fan base. Um, and I think once a person is honest, everything moves a lot more smoother. You know, you have cats that, um, like my favorite types of artists to talk with are the ones that go, yeah, I just want to you know, make a living off my music. I want to live music. I don't want to be too big. I don't want to, I don't care about the money. I don't care about the fame. I just want to be in music. And I like those people the most because they're honest. They're not lying to themselves and, and they're, they're honest about their talent as well. And, and that's, for me, the biggest thing is um, being honest about the type of talent that you're going to be. You can't walk in a room and say that you're going to be the next Michael Jackson or Beyonce, but you have corner street talent. You're lying right now. And then because you can convince a whole team to believe you, they might be pushing it, but it's not going to happen. It's a waste of space. You know, so I feel like we have a lot of people trying to be in pockets that they're not cut from that cloth. They're not a superstar. So now we got a bunch of fake superstars and it's watered down our industry um, completely. Like you probably couldn't name one artist that came out in the tens and twenties that fans pass out when they see and they freak out, you know, because people aren't being honest anymore. Everybody wants to be a superstar. They don't want to play their role. So I think that honesty is, uh, I live and die by the truth. But I think that if more people were honest with themselves and who they can be and the potential that they can or cannot reach, um, I think that would help the industry a lot. There's a lot of people that want to be superstars that aren't superstars. A lot of people that are superstars, they don't want to be a superstar. You know, some of the most talented people I've met, I hate being famous to the point where they'll, man, I had a friend. He's, he's eight years older than I am, maybe 10. He, he caught a little glimpse of fame, absolutely hated it. And he would go through lengths and sell off all of his rights or, or not get any royalty so that his name wasn't on the song. That way no one knew that he did it. No one knew that he was even a part of it. He, you know, just get to keep quiet with his family, make his money. And no one knows that, you know, he has these bigger songs out. He's just hanging out, you know? And uh, I don't know. It, it's interesting to see people like that. I never understood it until I started working in the music industry and was like, okay, to be to fame is a whole different job from being an artist. Like just being able to handle, especially with social media, it's mm-hmm. a whole different job. So I can see how somebody didn't want that, but 
on the opposite, we have many more people that just want to be famous. Um, so, you know, uh, I don't know, it, it, it's interesting, but I think that uh, you know, people need to play their roles, be more honest. And if they were more honest, the, the way I look at music is like a woman or like a person you're in a relationship with. All right, yeah, go, yeah, go into that. All right, all right. You, you have to be honest with it. So I, I have this saying, you know, what have you done for music? What are you doing for music? What have you given to music? And if you haven't given yourself to music, it's like my homeboy, superstar talent, he's not giving that to music. And it shows. He doesn't always get what he wants, um, not living up to expectations maybe, but he's, he's not living up to, if music says you're a superstar and you choose not to be, you're not having a healthy relationship with music. And music is already a very toxic relationship. Right. If you are somebody who's not a, a superstar, but you go up to music and you say, hey, music, I'm a superstar. You're starting off your relationship with music in a lie. So uh, I, I don't know, man. It, it gets pretty complex, but I definitely look at a music like a, a platonic relationship, a, a very uh, one-sided, toxic, um, one that you don't know when she's going to love you back. But when she does, that's going to be the sweetest love you ever got. But I, I think a lot of people just need to be more honest in who they are and give to music what they're called to give not run not run away from it if it's too big but also not lie about it if their role is too small and try to be big everybody just got to play their roles and uh, i think music can get back on course especially in the states yeah that's what's up man i'm definitely glad you you touched on that because for me you know as as probably with you you know probably you know definitely contributed double digit years in this industry and everything like that. Um, yeah, it, it, it does become a fine line between, okay, who are the fronters and who's, who are the real people that made moves and made it happen. And, you know, it's unfortunate that, you know, social media and as well as technology played a huge role. You know what I'm saying? Because now you could, let's say have, let's say number wise, let's say a hundred K, right. Let's say a hundred K following and a hundred K, with streams on on Spotify, that now solidifies you as a superstar, which is weird. And there's too many blurred lines happening out here. You know, even yeah. shout outs, even shout outs to Joe Button. You know, he even like had to a couple of times, a lot of times on his episode, had to shut that shit down. Like, yo, bro, if X Y Z comes out, you all are pushed to the motherfucking side. Like, let's just, let's <laughs> yeah. just, let's just keep it a buck. It is it is what it is. Yeah, hell, hell, even hell, even me. For what I do in media or whatever, hey, if XYZ superstar media person is on the bill, hey, guess what? Remo Marat cuts. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter if I'm with Class TV or not. I'm with DJ Chase Radio, iHeartRadio or not. It doesn't fucking matter. I hate to say it. Keep it real. Hey, I'm I'm getting to the side, but don't get it fucking twisted, though. (laughs) Okay? Remo Marat is going to get his regardless. You know what I'm saying? That that ain't ain't no short change of that. You know what I'm saying, but no, but I definitely get what you're saying. I'm definitely glad you touched on that. Um, let's 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 go through with your journey, man. Um, yeah, I know there's definitely been trials and tribulations with your journey as you do with music and what you've done since the age of ten. What do you feel could have changed better for you, or for that matter, what do you feel you're glad you stayed in position in doing? So, and there's a lot. Um, since I was a kid. I've been a musician, been a group, being a drummer in the church. I think 
my, actually my earliest memory that I can repeat to people is when I was in church and the drummer gave me a set of bongos and a splash cymbal. And I was so little, I thought he gave me a pair of toms. So I thought I was playing the drum set with them and he gave me these little bongos. And you know, ever since then, I just you know been in love with music and my parents got their own church when I was about seven or so. And I started working the sound system at the church because our church was small, I didn't have a band or any musicians. And I, you know, I'm I'm a bigger guy, so I started playing football. Oh, nice! Especially, I I played D tackle. Oh shit, damn! Yeah, (laughs) yeah. All right, right. So okay, so you know, I I I grew up being a musician, and then I started playing football probably when I was about eight, and it took me probably probably until I was like twenty to understand that you can be masculine and soft because in my mind, music was always something very soft, delicate, creative. You know, I was always jealous of the theater kids that they can go on stage and be that expressive, but I got to go put on a helmet and shoulder pads and try to knock somebody out, you know? And, and I loved football, but I didn't think that a person could be both. I didn't think you could be strong and soft, you know? So I was always in band classes um, and I honestly, I didn't start producing music until I was 19. And that's when I quit playing college football. And the or to answer your question, if I could go back and change anything, um, it'd be this conversation that I, I had with my dad, actually. You know, I was a, I'm a smart kid, wasn't always the best student, talked a lot, fooled around a lot, made jokes, talked to the girls. And in my fifth, my fifth grade year, I think I got a D in every subject. And except for music, my, I'm sorry, sixth grade, my music teacher writes in the comments on my report card, you know, Joe has a really nice voice. He's very smart in regards to music. He should probably consider a career in music. My dad was so pissed because my my parents are principals and pastors. So they work inside the school system. So the principal's kid just, you know, if it wasn't for George Bush's No Child Left Behind, I probably would have had to repeat the sixth grade because I literally like D or F every subject except for music. My dad pulled me outside. He said, you want to be a music man? Is that what you want to do? What the teacher said. And as a kid, I'm like, oh, man, shit. Don't answer yes. That's the smart ass answer to give is, yeah, I want to do music. So I was like, nah, I don't want to do music. And at that time, I had already stopped taking my piano lessons. I had teachers that couldn't teach me because I learned by ear. So I ran through three teachers and the third one figured out how to teach me. Um, and by the time I got to the, the sixth grade with this report card, uh, music was kind of just a hobby. You know, I had a keyboard, had a drum set, um, but had no outlet to, and had no advice or, or mentors to help me take it more serious or anybody who could um, comprehend how to teach me because I learned by ear. So if I, if I could change anything, I just would have been honest with my dad and like, yeah, I want to do music and told him, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like, but I want to do it. You know, where I'm from, Greg Jennings is from where I'm from, TJ Duckett is where I'm from, Derek Jeter is from where I'm from. So we know how somebody can play sports and, and grow. So by the fifth grade, I knew if I go play football all the way through, I can go to the NFL. I don't know what that means from my, like, in music. I had no idea that, you know, artists get paid all this money, that there's a producer, there's an engineer, there's somebody that sets the stage up. So if I could change anything, I would have been honest with my dad in that moment and say, yeah, I want to do music. Because what if I said that, you know, 
maybe they would have put me in more music classes because my grades showed that I only cared about music. It wasn't that I only comprehended it, it's that I only cared about it. So if I could change anything, um, it would have been that conversation with my dad. Of course, you know, a little 10 year old, 11 year old, I'm not thinking about the next day. So I wasn't thinking like, oh, you could do music if you tell them that you want to do music. I was trying to, you know, kind of kill the mood because my dad was pretty pissy. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, because you, you got to think, bro. You, you, your dad come at you hot. You don't want to say the wrong thing, man. You're going to piss him off even more. I, 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 it's the summertime. I don't want to be grounded. I'm trying to be outside with the, my cousins, you know. And but if, if there was one thing that uh, I don't regret, it is... If I'm being honest, I don't regret not telling my dad that because I believe that everything happens for a reason. So I, I remember I used to say, man, what if I told my dad I wanted to do music at 10 when we had that conversation? Maybe I would have started producing at 15 and maybe now I'm years ahead of where I'm at now. But you know, I believe that God works how God works. So everything happens for a reason. So I can sit here and say, I wish I changed that. But at the end of the day, I'm where I'm at because I didn't say that, you know. Who knows where I would have been, but I know that I'm here right now. So you know, I can't uh, harp too hard on situations like that. We're wishing you could have changed something. Um, but if, if it's one thing that I I would do over again, um, and I know this sounds crazy, but every sacrifice I've ever I've ever given because of music, I don't think twice about it. I've lost apartments, cars, friends, family, relationships, money, time, sleep blood, sweat, tears, you name it. Um, and I don't regret any bit of it. When I look at the difference between the people I started with and who I'm around now, and even the people that I'm around now, the, the one thing that stands out is that I never stopped. You know, I, I didn't, um, I remember when I, when I quit my job, going on four years, uh, this Black Friday, actually. I had no money in my account family's tripping out like bro don't do this you're crazy as fuck if you're gonna quit your jobs because you want to go do music and because you're in atlanta you have no savings you have no like nothing's guaranteed and god told me to do it so i did it and i lost a lot you know i remember the day i walked outside my car was not there it got repossessed i remember countless eviction notices you know on my apartment door times where i'm trying to figure out how to scrape together ten dollars for little Caesars so I can eat it for two days you know um, I don't regret any of those things because I had to go through that you know you, you have to go through the suck you have to go through the sacrifice you have to go through the pain and it shows you how bad you really want it um, I don't regret anything that I lost I don't regret any relationship that was affected by music I don't regret any any of it because and I, I, I've only I've been doing music full-time for going on four years i've been doing it you know like producing and working in it for seven i'm 26 there are you know 50 year olds who want to have my career and if i'm being honest i don't really think i'm shit like i'm i feel like i'm barely even scratching the surface of what i can do and when you know like you're hearing you introduce me i'm like damn kind of cool like <laughs> you, you know like you, you don't think about those that's things what's up. Yeah, that, that's what's up, son. you know like damn like, i kind of did do that shit you know and you know but i don't regret um any of those things because you had to sacrifice when i was playing sports you sacrifice your time you sacrifice your body 
you know, you, you sacrifice friends and family and you, you go through these losses so that you can become greater. So if, if it was one thing that um, I would not change and that I would do all the way over again, a thousand percent is take every loss because I can say that I, I gave that to music. I can, you know, if me and music are a person and we're in a relationship, I have a list of music. This is what I gave you. She has a list of what she gave me too, but I can say, oh, this really hurt me. I had to give this one up. I changed my life this way. I went through these trials and tribulations for you. And when you, when you can say that to music and music can look at you and say, you know what, you're right. No one ever knows when, but at some moment that button's gonna hit where your whole fucking life changes because you gave, you know, you can't ask. There's some type of saying, you know, you can't um, hold on to something small and ask for something big or it's some picture of Jesus asking a little girl for her, uh, her small teddy bear and behind his back, he has this huge teddy bear. You know, and, and I believe that it's the same thing. You have to give some, you have to give what you already have if you want to receive more, you know? So, I mean, I, I would take every loss again. Um, and I know that I'll be taking losses, honestly, the rest of my life when it comes to my music career because of how I operate, take them because it's going to only make the career sweeter. It's going to make every victory that much more worth it. Um, and it, I don't know, man, it, it, uh, it makes things better. You know, when I get a phone call and somebody goes, Hey, you know, this deals in the next process or this is going to happen next or, you know, you, do you want to work with so-and-so? It doesn't matter, you know, how much I'm getting paid. I'm happy because I'm doing what I love and I, I don't know, man, not, not, nothing beats that. Nothing beats, you know, waking up and doing what you like. Like my girlfriend's always telling me, oh man, you're a hard worker. You work hard. And I, I'll be beating myself up like, man, I don't think I worked hard enough. And she's like, no, I'm watching, you know, you did this or you did that or you put in this many hours. I don't notice it because I'm enjoying myself. And I think that that's a blessing. You know, people get off the clock, they work eight, 12 hour shifts and they're like, man, trying to figure out, you know, what they want to do next or uh, if they're going to eat or sleep or, you know, they only got 12 hours left in their day got to spend about six to eight sleeping. So they don't have too much time to do what they like. I get to do what I like 24 seven. So I, I, I never look at it as a, as it works. So for me, it makes all those losses sweeter. And uh, yeah, man, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change any loss. That'd be my biggest thing to tell people, you know, uh, don't be afraid to lose and, understand that if you stick with music and you stick with really anything that you're you're going towards take the losses embrace the suck sacrifice it's gonna work out so long as you work you know that's what's up man i mean you definitely touching on what's always been said about when you're a creative or you're an entrepreneur it's the 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 magic number of the ten thousand hours you're definitely speaking on that and as well oh, as man. Too, oh man that ten thousand hours is the truest shit i ever heard man oh <laughs> man you you know when you got your ten thousand hours fast. You you know when you hit that mark. Yeah, no, nah, that's right. Now, nah, but you know, also too, I definitely appreciate you opening up about you know you wish you would have if you were then at at ten years old would have had the decision to tell your dad, hey, yo, yeah, I do want that. You know what I'm saying? Because here's the thing that it gets blurred line about nowadays, right? So I even have a T-shirt out that's out now, and it's called "Your Life Is Not an App." You know, for me, I feel like a lot of people 
in this era right now and in these times, doesn't matter older, older or younger, are living their lives like apps. So let's say if you say something, they get oh, they feel, oh yeah, I can edit it and this is what is correct. And it's like, yo, your life is not an app. So basically what you you talking about, you know what I'm saying, is definitely, you know, it's definitely worth it. It's like refreshing to hear, you know what I'm saying? Because you're being human. And in order to be in this creative space, you have to be human. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day. So definitely, I'm glad you definitely touched on that. Now let's get on. Now before we got on wax, I definitely said we want to talk about this. We have to talk about your transition to Brazil. Now Brazil is a very, 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 particular type of country you know what i'm saying it's, <laughs> yeah, it's fire it's lit <laughs> it's it's amazing but also too if you don't pay attention you can get yourself in a lot of dutch so you yeah. have to take my creatives into what in the world took you the energy and the spirit to say you know what let me take my talents to Brazil, because it's definitely not like LeBron taking the talent to South. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get into that. So it's a actually it's kind of an interesting story. Um, so I I'm from Kalamazoo, Michigan. I moved down to Atlanta in 2018, and I, I was down there, you know, working. Um, had a studio running out of my apartment, and you know everything is going cool. I'm producing and engineering. I get this message on Facebook. I don't use Facebook that much. And he's this middle-aged dude. His name's Beto. He's a Brazilian, but he had moved over to Atlanta. He goes, hey, do you want to put an American rap on Brazilian samba? I'm like, what the hell is this? I've never heard of samba music before. I go to his profile. I'm like, man, who is this guy? And how did he find me? I've, I still to date have no idea how Beto found me because it wasn't Instagram. Um, it was Facebook that I don't use. So I'm, messing, I'm looking at the message. I'm like, you know what? What do these old men know about? Like, they just look like some dads, you know? I'm like, uh, I'm not going to respond to it. And I'll, I'll never forget this saying that um, one of my mentors has. He says, you're never too big until you're too big. And even when you're too big, you're not too big. And when I was younger, I would ask him, what does that mean? You're never too big to work with somebody. Even when you're too big to work with somebody, you're not too big of a person. You just don't have time. So I said, okay, especially because at this time I really wasn't shit. So I'm like, okay, respond to it because who are you to say no to somebody wanting to work with you? So I responded and I said, hey, send a song over. I was still kind of iffy. I had no idea what Brazil Brazilian music sounded like, yet alone um, samba music, which is their cultural genre um, per se. There's no genre of music like samba music anywhere they sent they sent the song over and this production was through the roof i mean it had live instrument uh, live musicians on it the instrument sounded crystal clear everything was in the pocket it had the bass that was hitting uh, it had you know little elements of trap too and you know it's it a nice fusion song so off the production alone and i had no idea what the hell they were saying in portuguese but off the production like, i'll get on it i did the verse um, went to Hawaii, came back, we shot the video, and then Damn that was in June. Shit. <laughs> yeah, yes, I, I went to Hawaii. On a side note, if, if if anybody's ever you know questioning God or questioning like real beauty and creation, go to Hawaii and just look. Like it's gorgeous, and, and um, it, it it shows you 
true creation. Like, where they have rock formations that look like elephants and turtles and giraffes. Like, who created, you know, this beauty? But to go back to Brazil, we shoot the video in June. I get a message probably October, November. Uh, I think this is 2018, maybe. And 2019, I'm sorry. They say, hey, Joe, we're going to go down to Brazil in January. We want you to perform the song because in Brazil, they love English music. So they really love when this you know, English verse on a Brazilian song because you know, they love English music. Say, hey, you want to come down for three days? Like, who the fuck goes to Brazil for three days? I got a passport, no stamps. I'm going to go down there for two weeks and, you know, just take a vacation. Hadn't had a vacation in a long time to see what I can get myself into. They called the producer and he ended up being a really big producer down there, which is why the, the production sound is so good. And they go, hey, you know, Joe's going to come down. And the, the two artists that um, I was working with, they couldn't keep me where they were at because they were with family. So they were in a, two different cities. So I go to Rio just because the producer's there. He's the bigger name on the song. And Rio is, a, of course, touristy city. So I went there by myself for about a week and a half before the rest of my team came down and fell in love with it. I mean, I didn't know what Brazilians look like, but Brazil is the second most populated place of Africans, aside from the continent of Africa. So I got down there. I'm like, man, this like a bunch of my cousins running around like this is I blended right in so you know I, I didn't have any issues I didn't walk around looking like an American or talking loud English and for about a week and a half because it was around the carnival time I, I would walk out my Airbnb and I would hear drums or I would hear music and I would just follow the music and I would go watch you know a rehearsal for the parade or I would go see a band and just absolutely fell in love with the atmosphere um, the way they appreciate music the way their artists perform, the way that, you know, for them, samba has no rules. It's almost like um, like Latin gospel music. You know, gospel is all chromatic, you know, when you get to a Baptist church. is the same in their samba. Like every accident or every accidental note is perfect. You can play every note. You just got to play at the right time. So nothing's off limits. Um, even when it comes to, you know, their percussion and their rhythm grooves. So my... Um, same, my same mentor who said, hey, you know, you're never too big until you're too big. I told him I was going to Brazil. He had a TV show idea. He goes, hey, let's, uh, let's use this Brazil situation as a, to capture this idea of a TV show that I have. So, okay, whatever. So we go down there and the team gets down at the second, like the back half of the second week that I'm there. We go do the performance. The, venue got rained out so we just did an in-studio performance and the idea was to shoot this tv show um following you know working with international artists and i was just supposed to be the like the dummy tester person for the the camera so we can show like hey this is what it would look like and we fucked that all the way up i mean it was horrible it was bad um we didn't know what we were doing uh, the footage didn't come out correctly we didn't get enough footage and we had opportunities to get this show put on disney or any other major streaming platform because this was at the time like right before the pandemic where you know everybody's thirsty for content right before disney plus opens up before abc has their own streaming platform and we knew that we had you know kind of butchered it pretty bad uh, after we got the film back and after we looked and talked to our consultants and, and they told us what we did wrong what we needed to fix so we said okay we're gonna go back down to brazil in may pandemic hits 
you can't even get into Brazil. Damn. So I spent the the whole year um, just preparing and, and trying to get, you know figure out how to get back to Brazil. The moment Brazil opened up, I think it was last year, um, 2021, I went down there in April. And I was only supposed to be down there for three months. But before I actually, um, my, my, my first visit, my last two days there, I met my now girlfriend. So I fell in love right away. I mean, like love at first sight, but I, it, right when I looked at her, that's my wife. And I went down there in April and she, you know, came to Rio with me from where she lived at in Brazil and just fell in love with it even more. And I went down there to prepare for the TV show, you know, find the artists that we're going to work with because now we have the funding. We need to do this on an actual major scale. I got to go, man, I'm scouting out every top 15 artists of a genre that they have. And I finally decided to stick with pop. I'm reaching out, doing like all this uh, organization and outreach to find the artists for our TV show where um, me and my mentor go to different countries, work with a pop artist, do three songs, show the country, culture, things like that. And I, I went down there for that and just kind of became emerged in all things Brazil. Um, I don't I, I don't know, man. It was a mixture between the music and my girlfriend. And then it felt like home, if I'm being honest, like. The very first thing that I, I got off the plane, the first time I got there, I was like, man, I feel at home. And I felt very comfortable. Um, not the same type of comfortability that I've had even where I'm from when I was in Atlanta. Um, it was, I don't know, it was, it was different. Like, I kind of just feel it in my spirit that this was a safe space for me. And the, his name is Ron Marcos. He's actually, he just moved to the States actually. Ron was the first person he produced the song that I was talking about that actually got me to Brazil. Jerome was the first person that wanted me to be an artist. Did not want me to produce, did not want me to engineer, um, did not want me to do anything else aside from be an artist. And that was new for me because I'm always a producer. I'm always an engineer. I'm always the one setting it up behind the scenes. Um, never the person in front of the camera. And this guy was, you know, just nice to me really wanted to see me do well, really enjoyed my voice, um, really like pay for the studio time. And it was that that actually made me like kind of fall in love. It was like, you know, they, they'll let me sing down here. In America, I'm not gonna be able to sing. I gotta produce. They want me to make the beats. They want me to engineer. Cause everybody, you know, wants to be a singer or a rapper. So our talent pool is really saturated. Down there, I was appreciated. And then I seen how, you know, wide open their market is and um, how, dominant their consumption is in the world brazil's top five in internet consumption but they have the 65th speed so they have really slow internet but they consume top five it's a huge market to tap into i mean even like the reason why everybody hates chris got syndicated was because of brazil so when i started to learn all these things about brazil's market see the people you know, and again, these are my favorite types of people. I love black people and I love Latin people. And that's all Brazilians are, black and Latin people. Um, so, you know, a mixture between music, my girlfriend, feeling comfortable, seeing the market, um, the difference in the music and just all these different things made it so that like, this is the, this is a place to be or, or this is at least the foundation to build off of and bring it back to America. Um, there's a lot of things that Brazil does with their music in terms of appreciation that 
I want us to get back to. You know, every place is like a juke joint there. We don't have those anymore. We don't have live performers that sing for four hours. Right. You know, you'd like to get an hour and a half. So um, it was a mix of all those things that kind of just made me choose Brazil and you know, take my talents there, spend some time there, and just build a foundation to to grow. All right, man. That's what's up, man. I ain't going to hold you, man. We got, we got a little bit of time left. I wanted you to let my creators know where to follow you at. Thank you for definitely expressing your words and uh, and about your backstory and everything, man. Let everybody know where to follow you at. We're reaching out to my creators right now. Oh, yeah, man. You can follow me at joelewis.ent, J-O-E-L-O-U-I-S, um, on almost all the platforms. I'll try to keep my name the same. But, you know, follow me there. Reach out to me. DM me if you ever need anything, production, consulting, advice. Um, you just want to say what's up. My phone's almost always in my hand, so you know, feel free to reach out. Hi, man. You already know what it is. My career is, you know what's up. You know what to follow me at, at Remo Marac underscore, as well as Cuts Podcast, C.U.T.I.T.S. Double underscore. You know what's up. You know what it is. There's another episode of Cuts. You know what the Cuts stand for Culture, Urban Technology, and Sports. This is episode 101. You know what's up. You know what it is. Pound that chest. It's PTC. Ah, come on, man. We're out of here. Peace. Yours truly, Remo Marac, a.k.a. Chef Remo. Yeah, you hear it cuts. You know what the cuts stand for. Culture, urban, technology, and sports. Now, for the latest features, content, interviews, and more, click that subscribe button. Come on, man!